Reading from Luke 9, 1 to 6. When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, Take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave their town as a testimony against them. So they set out and went from village to village proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. Thank you, Elaine, and good morning, church. For those who might be visiting, I'm Cathy, I'm one of the pastors here. It is so good to have each and every one of you here. I think we've had two of the most extreme Sundays that I can remember. If you weren't here, our air conditioning was broken last week, so we just sweltered. And this week is probably the wettest Sunday that I can remember. Before I do get into it, I, I want to honour Brendan and David. Our sound system broke down a couple of days ago and these guys have worked around the clock to get a different sound system in together with Tim Beasley as well and they've put a temporary sound system in and it's taken a lot of hours so I just want to say thank you. Well, as we jump into God's word today, how about we pray? Jesus, as we continue to look at the commission that you gave your disciples and how we might order our days to be more in line with what you have told us, I pray that our hearts would be open and that we would have ears to hear and a willingness to respond. Amen. Well, language is a confusing thing. Have you noticed this? Trying to translate between two languages can lead to all sorts of misunderstanding. Let's take a look. Das hier ist mein Sektor. Das hier ist das wichtigste Gerät des Küstenwächters. Das Gerät und das Gerät. Überlebensradar. Mayday, Mayday. Hello, can you hear us? Can you hear us? Can you... Over. We are sinking. We are sinking. Hello? This is the German Coast Guard. What are you thinking about? Well, today we're continuing to look at the Great Commission that Jesus gave to his disciples in Matthew 28. And it wasn't just for those who were present at the time. This was a command for all disciples down through the ages. But I think that something may have gotten lost in the translation, certainly in the way that I was taught this, and perhaps a number of us were also taught this. Because when Jesus originally spoke this, his words were recorded down in Greek. And so the words that we have are the English translation of Jesus' Greek words. And so in our English translation, we have these words. Jesus said, All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. Now, this is our English translation, but in the original Greek... There were four all-inclusives in this passage, and so there's 
all authority, go to all people, obey all that I have commanded you, and I will be with you for all time. And then in Jesus' words, there were three participles in the command, which in English tend to be ing words. And so Jesus said that these words were going, baptizing, and teaching. And in what Jesus said, there is just one imperative or command in the original Greek, and that is to make disciples. You see, we accidentally think that go is the command because that's the way that it sounds when it's translated into English. Jesus said, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples. And so maybe like me, you've heard this passage preached as a, a, a call that, that some would go, they would commit to the work of God's mission in faraway places, a call that they would go and make disciples and the rest of us would stay and support them from afar. But that is not what Jesus said. His literal words were, as you are going, because go is a participle in what Jesus actually said. And so the command to each of us is, as you are going, make disciples. And I spoke about this last week, that for Jesus, making a disciple was starting where a person was at before they knew him as Lord and discipling them toward faith in him. And I think that's a big paradigm shift for many of us because Australian Christianity has traditionally seen that, that our job is to convert people and then we make disciples. But that's not how Jesus did it. Jesus called people and he started discipling them before they had faith in him. He discipled them toward faith and then beyond. Well, let's come back to Jesus' words. As you are going, the good news is that for those of us who find that life is already full, that Jesus isn't calling you to add more activities in. He is calling you to be intentional in the places where you already go through the week. And if you're in a life stage right now where life isn't quite as full, there are still places that you go and people that you interact with, whether that be in a doctor's surgery or in a shop or wherever it might be. We just have to recognise the places that Jesus is sending us, places where we go through the week, and just choose to be intentional in those places. We all have frontline places or sent places, as we often call them at PBC, and it's just a matter of recognising them. For me, I know because I, I work in a church, I could so easily surround my whole life just with Christians. And so for me, I have to be very deliberate in creating sent uh, frontline places in my life or sent places in my life. And so some of the ways that I do that, I choose to shop at small stores where I will see the same staff over and over again. So, you know, at the local fruit market with the owner of the, the local florist, with our IGA shop that's just around the corner from where we live, with the gym owner where I go to the gym, with my hairdresser, with my family, with my neighbours. They're all places and relationships where I try to be intentional in being light and salt in those relationships. 
What I would love you to do is to turn to someone near you and, um, and just share what some of your frontline or scent places might be. Where do you regularly interact with people who don't know Jesus? Or it may be that it's not a place, but it's not bound by that place, but it's, it's rather it's about a relationship, so it's someone that you interact with regularly, but it might be in different places. But would you just share with someone near you just what some of those places are, where you go through the week, who are the people that you rub shoulders with regularly who don't know Jesus? They are good conversations to continue over morning tea. And I hope that that you were able to identify what your frontline places or your scent places might be. And for some of us, there may be a challenge here that we might need to view the places where we do go through the week just with a different lens. Um, See them as places where Jesus is calling us to be intentional in those places, in being salt and light with all of the people that we interact with through the week. This year, we want to invite you to join with us, like just with all of your church family, in being salt and light in all of our everyday contexts. You know, this is about living our faith in such a way that we become attractive and distinctive among those who don't yet know him. The pastoral team have been reading a book um, by David Watson recently, and I love what he has to say about this. He says, we must live out our faith as conspicuously as possible. This is not about being religious. This is about being spiritual. Rightly relating to God and his creation through a personal relationship with him. This is about faith and living it out in all circumstances, regardless of the consequences. It's about loving God and loving people. It's about obedient thinking and living. And so starting next week, we're kicking off a series called Magnetic, and it's about being salt and light kind of people, living in such a way that our faith is conspicuous and attractive. Because this kind of life opens doors of opportunity among those who don't yet know him, and it draws in those who are interested in spiritual matters. Not everyone will be, and that's okay. I think one of our fears when it comes to Jesus' command to make disciples, starting with those who don't know him yet, is that we're fearful about their response. You know, we've probably all encountered those who are negative toward Christianity. We've probably all encountered the cynical or those perhaps who might be aggressive or condemning. And I think for us, it just reinforces our fear. It's almost like we've shrunk back into our corners Do you know when Jesus sent his disciples out into the everyday context to make disciples, he didn't say that they had to take the most strongly opposed and make disciples of them. Did you hear it in the passage that Elaine read to us? In Luke 9, when Jesus sends out the 12, he sends them out and he instructs them to stay in homes of people who would welcome them. And he says, but if they refuse to welcome you, did you hear what was what he said there, then you just shake the dust off your feet and leave that town. 
Then in the very next chapter in Luke 10, Jesus sends 72 other more disciples out with virtually the same instructions and he says, for those who would welcome you, bless them with God's peace. You see, Jesus didn't presume that the disciples were going to take the most hostile people around and, and that they would be responsible to turn them around. But rather, the disciples were to discern who are the people of peace in the villages, in the towns that we're going to. The people in whom God is already at work in. Not that they know him yet, but their hearts are warm toward the life and the witness of his followers. When we are living our faith conspicuously, being light and salt, it's pretty easy to discern who the people of peace are and who's not. My gym owner is, my hairdresser isn't. Some in my family are, some in my family aren't. But my role isn't to make every one of them people of peace, because only God can do that. This is about God being at work in someone's heart, positioning them to be ready to take a journey. I can't force doors open but I can discern where are the doors of opportunity that God is opening in people of peace and I can come alongside that and partner with what he's doing there. I think when disciple-making becomes about finding people of peace in our everyday context, we're just simply praying and investing into those relationships I don't know about you, but for me, that feels a whole lot more doable than feeling like I have to turn the whole world around. And it's not that we forget the other people in those contexts. We just keep praying. But we really turn our time and attention toward those that God is already at work in. And so in your sent places, ask the Lord to show you how you can be salt and light in those places and pray that as you are, that he will help you discern who the people of peace are. Mike Breen says that a really simple way to discern who a person of peace is in our everyday sent places, in our missional context, is that they will be someone who likes you, someone who listens to you, and someone who would be prepared to serve you. You know, if a need came up in your life, they'd be there. They'd come alongside and they'd help you in some way. I have to say, I've only come across this definition of of a person of peace really in the last 12 months, but it's been so helpful in being able to discern who God would have me take further steps with. You know, of all the several dozen people in my life who don't yet know Jesus that I'm in contact with, this narrows it down to four that I can see, yeah, God is at work in this person's life. They don't know him, they're far from him still but I can see that there is an openness to take a journey in them. And that just helps, as I say, focus that time, that attention and that prayer into those specific relationships. And so I'm intentionally learning in those four relationships how to shift beyond just being a good friend who has an occasional faith conversation to becoming a disciple-maker one who comes alongside to help my person of peace explore who God is and what scripture says about what a life that follows Jesus looks like. And as I mentioned last week, the pastoral team are all on this learning journey of personal disciple making. And one of the tools that we're using is just a really simple method of just reading the Bible with a person of peace 
just regularly. And so it just really begins with a really simple question. Hey, I've been looking for someone to read the Bible with. Would you be interested in reading it with me? Not all will say yes, but quite a number we've found actually do. Last week I showed a video about those who have been doing Bible discovery method with others. Today I want to show you the testimony of just one guy, he's a uni student, who asked his friend that very simple question, hey, you know, just wondering if you'd like to read the Bible with me. This is the story of what happened. Isn't that exciting? Don't you just love hearing stories where people just come alongside and lead others? Oh, once again, I just want to issue that invitation. If you feel like Bible discovery method is just something that you just go, you know what, I'm, God's already positioned me there. I know the person of peace in my life. But I'm keen to actually explore whether that might be something that I could do with my person. Just let me know. And this week already, there's a, a number of people that from last week who have said, yeah, look, I'm, I know, I'm just ready. And so we, we've got a few meetings coming up this week to just equip and to be able to set in place some ways that we can come alongside and support as you do that. But, but we fully understand, like not everyone across the church is going to be, right, yeah, I'm ready to go in this and whatever. We're, we're at a number of different places when it comes to making disciples. And I don't want to put condemnation over us, but, but simply to invite you and just say, this year, would you hear Jesus' command to be a disciple-making? And you don't have to be up here if you're not quite ready yet, but this is simply taking a first step. And the first step that all of us can take is simply being intentional in being salt and light in the places where Jesus has sent us. Recognise what your everyday sent places are, your frontline places are, and make a choice in those places. I will live my faith conspicuously. I will endeavour to be attractive and distinctive with the life that Jesus has given me in those places. And as I do, I will discern who the people of peace are that God is already at work in, in those places. And I will pray for those people and I'll come alongside and I'll, I'll just invest in that friendship. So would you do that? That would be awesome. I was at a um, party a couple of weeks ago and, and I was chatting with this older man who seemed to be very alive in his faith. And so I asked him about his faith journey. And he said he had spent most of his adult life not knowing God. But when he was in his 50s, all of a sudden he started to notice just God's creation. Well, he didn't know it was God's creation, but he started to notice like just the intricacy of creation. And he was just thinking to himself, there must be something behind this. And he said every time he would have that thought, a second thought would flash across his mind, it's in the Bible. Now, can you imagine, you know, talk about a person of peace that God is setting up. Can you imagine if at that point a disciple-making Christian had come alongside him and said, hey, I'm looking for someone to read the Bible with, like, do you want to read it with me? Like, wow. <laughs> As it was, nothing like that actually happened for this guy. It was another 10 years before he came to faith in Christ. And he said when he did... He cried for three days, literally cried for three days over the wasted years that had preceded him. And I was just reminded as I heard this story, I just thought, you know, we never know what is going on in a person's inner world. But God does. 
God is positioning people of peace all over the place and our role as disciple makers is simply just to discern, God, where are you at work? Who are those who are warm toward your followers, toward the life and witness of a believer? And then we just come alongside them and we just join in with the work that God is already doing in a person's life. I think it's going to be exciting. Let's pray. Oh God, I want to pray that we would choose to partner with you. Jesus, I thank you that when you laid down your life to save this world, Lord God, that you continue to be at work in lives around us. You're positioning them. You're making the harvest ready. And Lord God, I want to pray that we would step in, that we would partner with you, Lord God, that we would identify those that you're at work in. And Lord, that we would be willing to put aside whatever fears and hesitations we might have, Lord God, and to step into the things that you are doing in the lives of those who don't yet know you. Oh, Lord God, I pray that we would be faithful to the command of Jesus to make disciples. Lord, teach us as a church. None of us come to this as experts, but God, I pray that we would be willing learners. Father, break our hearts for those who don't yet know you. I pray that we would care and open our eyes to see who you've put in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.